you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is such a joy to be able to join with you all today on this glorious Sunday morning. I know that because of the present pandemic of COVID-19, these are the limitations of preaching the Word of God. But is it truly a limitation? Or is it just another vehicle that was left to be examined by the children of God? Yes, I believe that the Spirit of God can flow through a video like the one we are watching right now and can speak into our hearts and speak into our garden and bring life and light into every darkened space. It's such a joy to be with you. I have missed you all. I was with you guys a little while ago and I want to thank Pastor Preji and Pastor Rashmi for inviting me to join with you all as we celebrate this incredible weekend that we have had in the presence of God. I know that we were fasting and that we were crying out to God for, for the nation of India. And today, today is a time to feast in the presence of God. Yes, Pastor Preji, thank you. Pastor Rashmi, thank you for doing such an incredible job at raising your children. Uh, we see that you are true Jesus lovers. I want to speak from the heart of your children that you are an admiration and an inspiration to our generation. We see that you are one who carries and who loves the heart of our Father, that you are a son who is faithful and a son of honor. And we want to thank you for being such a passionate Jesus lover. And we want to thank our Lord for making someone like you who is such a revival dreamer. And we know because of the steps that you are walking, we know that this generation will hear of the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love you both very, very deeply. I also want to take the time to thank Pastor Robin and Elena and the teams that are working there, your worship team. I'm sorry to the worship pastor. Every time I try and say your name, I mess it up. But I love you. I love your passion and your zeal. And you are all wonderful. So thank you once again for the way that you serve the Lord with so much love in your heart. That is what makes you a true wonder in today's generation of churches. Before we go any further, I want to ask you a question. We're about to go into the Word of God. I want to ask you, what is truth? What do you believe? is truth. Because you see, when people want to know the truth of a matter today, they'll go into the news, they'll go and even look on YouTube. But if you will see, even on YouTube, it is simply someone's own personal 
opinion, and even then by news, by the way they report the facts, or the way they report the information, are they truly conveying to you information so that you can make up your own mind? Or are they conveying to you their own convictions backed by their own motivation? Ah, you see, that even in watching news, you then come to a point where what you believe is not really what you believe, but it is really what someone else believes, and your spirit has now accepted it. <laughs> We're going to have some fun today, and I hope you are with me. I want to first start and thank my spiritual father, Prophet Shaiju Matthew, who has been a man that is beyond words of explanation. A man who has not only inspired me and inspired your pastors, but has inspired this generation. Truly, he is the voice of God to our generation, sent as not just a father to a nation, but as a father to the nations. This man of God picked me up. And when I thought I was serving the Lord, he showed me what it was to walk in an intimate way with the Holy Spirit and to love Jesus on a level that I never knew existed. This man of God opened my understanding and my eyes to a glory realm that I thought was unreachable and unattainable. And so I want to let you in on a little secret that he shared with me. I've only shared it with a few people. But when I first met this prophet and this man of God, I was studying apologetics and I was going around talking to people, arguing and debating what was truth. And I was talking about how the Word of God is truth. And it is the only truth that exists. And if you are here today in the church, I believe it's because you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you believe the Word of God to be true. Let me ask you something. Do you really believe that the Word of God is true? Do you really believe? What do you believe? You see, in apologetics, one of the um, common statements that would be made towards me was, you can have your truth and I can have my truth as well. There's this belief that what is true for one isn't necessarily true for another. That everyone is allowed to have their own truth. But is that truth? I want to show you how truth is not only truth according to how God established it, but it's also truth according to what you choose to believe. Would you come with me in the greatest level of reverence to the book of Mark, chapter 16, and I want to read from verse 9 to verse 18. And I believe that as you are going there, I believe that the Lord today is going to take us on a journey through the Word of God to examine what truth is, to examine belief, and to examine 
the next level of glory. I hope you are paying attention. I hope you have your notepad and your pen ready to write down not only what is coming to you through this video, but also to write down what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit has already been speaking. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me today. If it is your spouse who is sitting beside you, would you turn to your spouse, give them a hug and say, honey, I love you. Yes. Now you're probably asking why I asked you to say that. The reason why I asked you to say that is because there has to be unity and peace in the marriage before you go to the presence of God so that the weight of God can fall on your garden and bring forth a fruit and a harvest like you have never seen. I hope you're ready. Let's go into the book of Mark. Starting at verse 9, I'll be reading from the ESV version. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. After this, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Let's stop there for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. So precious, so precise, and so full. Lord, we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you. You will see in the passage of scripture that we just read, it is right after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus first encounters Mary Magdalene. This was a woman who had first come to the tomb after Jesus had died with some other women. And they came to fulfill their ministry to the body of Jesus Christ. Previously, their ministry was given to them by Jesus to become ministers of the body. That was their ministry, to simply take care of the body of Jesus. What a beautiful ministry that has been given to some, 
to simply care for the body of Christ. It is one of the most beautiful ministries that one can receive. And this one who went to fulfill her ministry was the same one who was visited by our master before he went up to see his father. He came and he stopped and he saw her. And he says, Mary, I want you to go and see my disciples. And I want you to tell them that I am alive. The interesting thing is that he also appeared to two other disciples. And these two, he said, I am alive. But as these who are now witnesses of the power of God, who are now witnesses of the glory of God, come to see the disciples who are gathered in a room. They tell them that their master is alive. And these disciples who are mourning the death of Jesus, who are weeping because they believe that their Savior is dead, they believe that the man of God that they walked with perhaps was not the man of God that they thought he was all this time. These witnesses tell them that he is alive. And what they, what the disciples chose to believe overtook the information of truth that was coming to them by witnesses of a true reality. So now what was inside the disciples, which was a false reality for them, became reality, even though it was a lie. It's such a dangerous thing to think that we can be believing in a lie and because we choose to believe it, that lie becomes our truth. People of God, you need to understand that what moves life is what the spirit believes, not what the mind knows, but what your spirit has received and accepted. And that is what produces a result of creation. Because whether it is a truth or whether it is a falsehood, the Spirit of God that is inside of you produces and creates according to what it receives. Remember, Jesus created heaven on earth. And what did he say? I give what I have received. I do what I see my Father do. The Holy Spirit, it says that when he comes, he speaks not of his own accord, but he speaks that which he hears, that which he has received. So the Spirit that is inside of you, it speaks and it produces your reality based on what it accepts and receives. This can be a very dangerous thing for a child of God who has not learned to control their heart and control their mind.
you see, many suffer from low self-esteem or insecurities. They suffer from a false image of themselves. I say that again. They suffer from a false image of themselves. How can we call cursed that which the Lord has blessed? People of God, do you know that you are a blessed people? Do you know that right now as you're sitting listening to this video, do you know that the light of God is shining on you? Do you know that the presence of God in this very hour is come near to you in this moment? Do you know the favor of God that is on your life? The favor of God that has brought you under this ministry that you are serving? Yes. You are not just part of a church in another city. You are not just part of some organization. Oh no, you are part of an end time movement that is pursuing revival and crying out for the heart of Jesus to be made manifest on this earth. You are not just a son or daughter who hides in corners and hopes for the best to happen on this earth. No. You are an intricate part of what is happening on this planet. Don't allow a lie of insignificance to overrun the reality that God has created for you. There is a purpose and a plan for your life, for the lives of those sitting next to you. There is a plan and a purpose that God has prepared from the beginning of time. And if you go through the Word of God, you will see how the enemy has consistently tried to attack the reality of truth in the hearts of those that were committed and chosen to walk with God. Because the only way that the enemy can win is if you and I allow him to because our Savior has made you victorious. Come on, people. I said our Master has made you victorious in every area. Every area, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of excellence that is inside you has already made you victorious and the enemy knows that if you know and understand the reality of the spirit the reality of heaven then you will walk in total dominion on this earth and all of creation will recognize that a son and a daughter of god has begun to manifest and it will bow down and cooperate with your every word. Oh, people of God, the Word of God is so much fun. It is so much fun to see and know what our Lord has given us. Can someone give a shout 
to the matchless name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody love this Jesus. Somebody cry. Someone say, Jesus, I love you. Someone say, you are a good, good father. There is no God like you. Yes. People of God, the glory of God is here. He's manifesting himself in these days for his bride to shine like never before. Oh, it is such a beautiful thing to be one of his precious, precious children. We don't understand the heights or the depths or the widths, the expanse of the love of God. This is why many times we question the goodness of God. We question the heart of God because our spirit fights knowing the love of God. Why? Because it has absorbed lies from what it has observed here on earth. Oh, my goodness. This is what happened with Peter and the disciples when the witnesses came to see them. Their spirit had absorbed a lie based on what they had observed in life. Peter had walked with Jesus. The disciples had walked with Jesus. They had seen miracles. These disciples had even cast out demons and done miracles themselves, which says at one point they believed Jesus was the Son of God. But even though they believed Jesus was the Son of God, which allowed them to do miracles, signs, and wonders, there was still an information in their spirit from an observation of the natural realm. And now this information from the natural realm began to overthrow the authority, the beauty and glory of the spirit realm. They had observed life, that death was the end of life, and that there could be nothing more after they had seen their master hanging on the cross they had seen him with the nails in his hands they had seen him with the blood coming out of his side they saw his body taken off the cross and the soldiers that laid him in the tomb and they saw that the stone was rolled closing the chapter on the king of kings and so because their spirit had absorbed this, their reality became that. People of God, don't allow your natural senses to overthrow your spiritual capacity. Can I say that again? Don't allow your natural senses to overthrow your spiritual capacity. It is very possible that because we are so smart, 
analytical, logical, that we reduce the spirit realm to what we see, to what we hear, and to what we think or assume. Oh, but the glory of God is so much more than that. People of God, the glory realm is so much more than that. Do you know that our God is unstoppable, unmatchable? Do you know that He is supreme and that He is above all there ever is, all there ever was, and all there ever will be? Do you know that Satan, in all of his power and strength, could not stand up to Jesus? He could not overtake him. And now do you know that the same authority that overthrew Satan is inside you? I pray that you are able to see and understand the glory of God that is on you and where he is leading you this morning. This Peter at one point was walking with his master, with Jesus. They're experiencing the glory of God all around them. And I want to show you where our spirit begins to go wrong. Come with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. I want to read with you a passage of scripture from verse 21 to 23. Matthew 16, verse 21 to 23, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. At this passage of scripture, we see Jesus was already giving the information into the spirit of the disciples. And as the information was coming into the spirit of the disciples, there was a resistance to a spiritual information based on the natural observation. Because they had lived life. From children, they had seen men and women grow, get older, and die. They had observed friends and family, maybe overtaken by disease or sickness. They had seen bodies begin to become frail and begin to give up the spirit. Now, a spiritual information is trying to come into them, so that way they can begin to manifest a new level of authority so that way they can begin to experience a new level of glory a new level of abundance a new level of peace and joy and Peter responds out of a natural instinct because what your spirit accepts and receives is what produces your response to life. It's what produces your response to the information that is coming to you. So your man of God might be standing before you and declaring the goodness and the blessing of God on your life. And still, 
the belief that your spirit has accepted can still fight that blessing from landing where it was supposed to. Peter comes to Jesus and he who is now the student, who is now the son or the daughter in the house, begins to rebuke the father, begins to rebuke his man of God and says, this will not happen. What you have said cannot come to pass. It won't happen. But it's very key that we understand the response of Jesus. So your man of God wants to bless you. But the blessing misses its mark because what our spirit has believed is now fighting what the spirit of God is releasing. It is a dangerous thing when the spirit of God is trying to elevate you, when he is trying to bring an increase into your life, an overflow of abundance and harvest into your life. But for you to receive it, is much more than shouting, Amen, I receive. Receiving from the Lord is much more than just saying it in words. Your spirit has to come to a place of preparedness to receive the words that are coming to you as the voice of God that is producing a change, that is producing a transformation in you. So as Jesus sees Peter speaking from what has been buried inside of him, who does Jesus rebuke? Does Jesus rebuke his son? Does Jesus rebuke Peter? Ah, people of God. Go back to the scripture and look. Jesus does not rebuke Peter, even though the Bible says he rebukes Peter. Because when Jesus speaks, he is not speaking to Peter. He is speaking to the spirit behind the words that are coming out of the mouth of Peter. And Jesus rebukes Satan and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because the words that are produced from a spirit that has not accepted the truth of the kingdom of God have the capacity to stop and hinder your destiny. That is why Jesus says in verse 23, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God. So first he rebukes him, then he tells him what this spirit is trying to do, hindering the plan and purposes of God on the life. And then he tells him how to correct himself. Set your mind on the things of God. That means take every thought captive. Peter, before you were to speak, when it was first, when the words of your mouth were first a thought in your mind, take every thought captive and subject it to the Spirit. Every part of your flesh must be subjected to the Spirit. Let me ask you, the shyness, the 
timidness that you feel inside you. Is this the Spirit of God? Because the Word of God tells us to come boldly into the presence of God. It doesn't tell us to come as a shy child. As a matter of fact, if you see a child who comes into the presence of the mother and father, they walk right in like they own the place. Why? Because they know that their father and mother loves them. That information has entered into their spirit. And so they walk around like they own everything. Why? Because it is all part of their inheritance. Do you know what your inheritance is from the King of Kings? Do you know who He has created you to be? This is why knowing our identity is critical to overcoming the lies of Satan in our spirit. Yes. When you don't know who you are, it is very easy to mistake the deception of this serpent of old for a truth. You will see this in the book of Genesis. When Eve was at the tree and she's contemplating taking one of the fruit. Did that thought come to her by her own accord? Was that produced by her own desire? Absolutely not. That desire had never entered her heart. That thought had never entered him into her mind. Her and her husband were created in the beauty of God. And in the beauty of God, there was the absence of every deception, every lie, every criticism, every judgmentalism, every low self-esteem, every insecurity. There was complete security in who they were. It took a serpent to come along and produce a thought in her mind, saying, Are you really who you think you are? Is there maybe more that has not been given to you? Maybe you are being held back in life. What lie have you believed? Have you believed the lie that you are being held back in life? Have you believed the lie that this is your lot, where you are now and nothing more will ever happen? These are the lies of Satan, trying to send you spiraling downhill into the well of discouragement and insanity. And this is why Jesus tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 to 4, he says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, by his cunning, by his intelligence, by his ability to observe, by observation, a deception came. By his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray. That which is in your mind, your thoughts are led astray by the cunning deceptions of the enemy and says you will be led astray from a sincere and pure 
devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you first accepted, you put up with it readily. People of God, you have to understand, this passage of Scripture is combining the Peter account and it is combining the Genesis account. It is saying that there was an information that first came to you when you accepted Jesus Christ. It was a pure and sincere truth of information that came into you that had the capacity to produce heaven on earth and the glory of God. But by the cunningness of this spirit, this deceptive spirit, now what is inside of you begins to produce a conflict to truth. And where there is a conflict to truth, a false reality begins to be lived. And where there is a conflict to truth, a false reality is produced. Ah, people of God. This passage of Scripture says, if someone proclaims another Jesus, you have to understand Jesus is not just a man, not just the Son of God, but He is the bread of life. This Jesus is the living Word. This Jesus is the cornerstone. And as that living Word, it's saying, if there is another Jesus that comes to you, another Word that comes that is different from the one that was brought to you in the beginning, do not accept it. Many times, we believe the Word of God, but then there are parts of the Word of God that we begin to question in our spirit by our thoughts. If it is true for everyone, or maybe it is only part of the plan and purpose of God on certain individuals. People of God, the Word of God in its entirety has been sent to every child of God equally. We must understand what is available to one child of God is equally available to every child of God. Whether your name is Peter, whether your name is Elijah, whether you are Moses, or whether you are Sam, Harry, or whether your name is Pastor Preji or Pastor Rashmi. Everything that is declared in the Word of God is for every one of us. So what lie has your spirit believed? Has your spirit believed that so long as you believe the Word of God, so long as you love Jesus, and so long as you pray every day, that is going to be the fullness of life for you? Because if you choose to believe that, then that is the reality 
of life that your spirit will produce. But if you say no, I believe that every word in the Word of God is what my life will experience and produce, then your spirit begins to believe and produce and reflect that. That's the scary part, is that you can't just say words and begin to produce. The words that produce a creation, the words that produce your reality, are words that are spoken out of connection to what your spirit believes. I want to take you to a point in the Old Testament. You will remember at one point, the Israelites miraculously, by the mighty hand of God, were led out of Egypt by a man of God named Moses. This man of God thought he was nothing in particular, nothing special. But he believed that God who first called him was faithful to produce every word that he said. At one point, they crossed the Red Sea as God opens up the waters and produces time for the children of God to cross over into a new level of experiencing God, into a new dimension where their enemies of the past could no longer pursue them. They turn around and they see that their enemies are drowning in the wrath of God. As they come across, they are now walking through the desert. And as they are hungry, they cry out for food, saying, Lord, feed us. We need food to eat in this desert or we will die. And as Moses goes to God, God looks at his children. And you would think that Father in heaven would only give them something small to eat. Well, guess what? As a matter of fact, that's exactly what the Israelites believed. God caused manna from heaven to fall. But the Bible says that this manna was the food of angels. What was it that the Israelites were truly given to eat in the desert? Come with me. I want to take you there. Join me in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 47 to 51. Jesus is talking in this passage of Scripture. And He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. What came to them in the desert? It was a bread, a wafer. Manna came to them that was as sweet as honey from the honeycomb. And the scripture goes on to say, Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. 
and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And that bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. What did the Israelites eat in the desert? You'll notice at one point, they ate bread. At another point, they ate flesh. What came down in the desert? This food of angels, what came down? Because you see, in their system, they believed it was simply food. But in the spirit, a different truth, a different reality was hovering around them. But because of what they had already accepted in their spirit, the spiritual truth was unable to produce a natural reality that was in alignment with heaven. What reality is heaven trying to produce for you that you are perhaps unaware of right now? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the desert and died. There was a spiritual truth that was available for them in the desert. But because their spirit was unable to accept that truth, instead of producing life eternal that was available in the Old Testament in the desert, it produced death. So what is available to you doesn't always come to you simply because it is unable to land. People of God, this is scary. This is terrifying. Because how many times in Scripture does the Lord tell us how He wants to bless us? And He wants to bless our land. And He wants to bless our seed. How many times does He say that I want you to dance on the heads of serpents and scorpions. How many times does he tell us the authority that he has given to us? And we can preach about it, we can shout about it, but in the end, the reality is what your spirit has truly accepted as truth. I want to take you to one more passage of Scripture. It is one of my favorite passages in the Word of God. It's at the death of Lazarus. You will see Lazarus, one of the friends of our Master. He dies. And Jesus hears the news that his friend has died. And still, he holds back from going. One day, two days, 
three days. It isn't until the fourth day that he goes. And when he arrives there, Martha goes out to see him and says, Lord, had you come sooner? My question is this, people of God. How long are you able to contend with the false reality around you before your spirit gives in and accepts it as your reality? How long does it take? How long can you live in an environment that is saturated with sickness, with poverty, with the deceptions and lies of the enemy before you begin to accept them into your spirit as your reality? Is it one day? Is it two weeks? Is it three months? How consistent are you in maintaining the walls of your identity and refusing the lies of this serpent of old? There is a verse in the Bible that says, this lying spirit is none other than the spirit of the Antichrist. And that is in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, where Jesus says, Beloved, he's talking to us, and he's saying, we are his beloved. Someone right now, look to Jesus. Say, Lord, I am your beloved. And now say back to Jesus, say, and Lord, you are mine. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Don't believe every spirit that is speaking to you, because many false prophets, many false informations that are coming to you, prophet, pretending to be the voice of God, a prophet that is producing a transformation in the spirit realm on your behalf. Do not believe those lies that come to you by ways of words of people or by information in your environment. Don't believe them, but test them and try them according to the word of God, because the word of God is the voice of heaven producing the glory on you. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. So basically, everything contrary to the word of God is not sent from heaven. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. People of God, we are not only talking about believing whether Jesus was the Son of God or not, but we are talking about whether the word of God is true or not. 
We are talking about whether the manna of heaven, whether the quails, the meat of heaven is true. Is it your reality? Is it the fullness of your life or not? This is the spirit of Antichrist that produces the false reality. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. This, people of God, is that spirit of old. It has been in the world from the fall, from when it first fell from heaven. And it says, but you are of God. You are contrary to that spirit in every way, in every likeness, in every form. You were made in the image of Jesus Christ in every way, in his mind, in emotion, in spirit, in capacity, in your ability, in your understanding, in what you can produce and create. You were made in the image of the Son of God. And it says, little children, you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yes, greater is he that is in you than every lie that you see in the world around you that is contrary to what the word of God says. And as Jesus finally goes to see Martha. She says, Lord, it is now too late. The reality around me tells me that even though I know you are the Son of God and the Word of God and the life eternal, my false reality has become my established truth. And it's at this point that Scripture says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept because the reality of heaven, who Jesus was in Martha's spirit was exchanged for a lie. In that moment, another soldier in the army of God was lost. People of God, may we never be the reason that Jesus weeps. May we never be the cause of a tear to fall from his eye. people of God. The lover of our soul has entrusted us with so much and he loves us beyond what natural world can explain or comprehend. And Jesus goes to Martha in John 11 verse 40. 
Jesus says to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see my glory? People of God, do you understand why the enemy fights our spirit with so many lies? He is trying to prevent us from seeing the glory of God. He is trying to prevent us from going into the next dimension of understanding. But I declare that will not be said of you. Right now, as this word is coming to you, it is producing light into every area where the enemy has had a hold in your life. Even now, as the words that I am speaking are coming through this video, it is producing and creating a new reality, the reality of heaven in your life. I come against the lies of this serpent of old and we come against the spirit of Antichrist that has been fighting the bride of Christ. Every lie in your spirit, receive the light of God, receive the truth of heaven, receive the manna of the eternal God. Let light come into your spirit. Right now, as light is coming, order is being produced. Order is coming in. Yes, things are being placed in order. The kingdom of God is reestablishing itself as the authority in your thoughts, in your mind, as the authority in your emotions, as the authority in your finances. The kingdom of God is coming to you in this moment. Let your faith arise. Let your understanding arise. Let the glory of God begin to shine upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Kira yandolosa kamba babarasia, hora bababarasayon de la yereberesia. Spirit of God, manifest your glory in their lives. Hembo talayere barasa kamba taraya. Where has the enemy been lying in your garden? Where has he been hiding in your garden? What fruit has he been telling you to eat instead of the fruit that was given to you by the kingdom of God? There is a manna that was given to you that had the capacity to produce unending results. But instead, your spirit has settled for the bait of Satan. Right now, we are removing that bait and we are replacing it with an eternal glory. We are replacing it with a food that produces unending results. In the mighty name of Jesus, let light come, let light come, let light come. In the mighty name of Jesus. Have you believed the lie that this sickness was supposed to last you for a long time? Have you been wallowing in self-pity? Have you accepted that this is your lot in life? 
I come against that lie in the name of Jesus. Wherever there has been a pain in your body, wherever, wherever there has been a sickness in your body, wherever this sickness has plagued you and taken over your mind and your heart, every disease, every cancer, I come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. Place your hand on your body and rebuke that spirit and that lie. Cancer, you have no hold on these bodies. Lies of Satan come out in Jesus' mighty name. And as these lies come out, every sickness will come out. Spirit of God, come in in Jesus' mighty name. Health come in. Wealth come in in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, there is a fire that is surrounding your spirit. Right now, as I speak, there is a fire that is going to your house. I declare that from today, your spirit is going to shine brighter. You are going to shine brighter. The lies of the enemy will no longer plague your spirit. Your spirit has been filled with light this morning. Your spirit has been filled with the fire of God this morning. People of God, listen to my words carefully. You shall be a wonder in this generation for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You are a wonder today as you transform into the image of Jesus Christ you are a wonder now and you are increasing and going from glory to glory this is your portion and this is your invitation I have given to you all that was given to me and I have delivered it according to the grace that covers me. Now may you shine bright. Once again, Pastor Priji, Pastor Rashmi, you are a brilliant light in this generation. I love you and I thank you and I salute you. Thank you for this honor and privilege. I love you all. God bless. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.